To sell is human by Daniel Pink. One sentence summary. To sell is human shows you that selling is part of your life, no matter what you do, and what a successful salesperson looks like in the 21st century, with practical ideas to help you convince others in a more honest, natural, and sustainable way. My favorite quote from the author is, Anytime you're tempted to upsell someone else, stop what you're doing and upserve instead. Daniel Pink I'm really fond of Daniel Pink's work. What he did with Drive back in 2009 was a huge piece of the motivation puzzle. And I keep applying his autonomy, mastery and purpose framework again and again. To Sell is Human is his latest masterpiece, which explains how selling has become part of all of our lives and what we can do to do it well. Which means in a sustainable and honest way, without becoming a pushy door-to-door salesman of the last century. If you don't believe selling is part of your job, or it's not part of your job yet, then I'm sure these lessons will help you see clearly. Here are three lessons about what it means to sell in the 21st century. 1. Almost half of your time at work is spent in non-sales selling, which is really just trying to move others. 2. Honesty and service are taking over sales, because the internet has closed the information gap. 3. Use yes and when talking to customers to make sure they stay positive and engaged. Ready to become a master salesman or woman? It's time to sell. To sell is human lesson one. Every job includes non-sales selling, which means you have to move others somehow. This answers the question, what are the subtle ways we sell other people in our day-to-day lives? Name a startup with a particularly large and aggressive sales team. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, does Facebook have any salespeople? Evernote? Who sells those razor blades at Dollar Shave Club? The reason it's really hard to think of new companies with dedicated sales teams is that the line between sales and other departments is blurring, and it's blurring fast. Daniel Pink's examples is a software giant called Atlassian, who generated over $100 million in revenues without a single sales employee in 2011. This is especially true for startups, because they usually can't afford to hire people just to sell stuff, especially in the beginning. Everyone has to sell, on top of their regular responsibilities. What's more, even regular jobs require you to spend time selling. 40% of your time at work is spent in non-sales selling, which simply means moving others somehow. For example, this could mean persuading them to help you with a project, convincing them of your idea, influencing them to get on board with a particular strategy. Medicine and education, the the two largest job sectors in the US economy, rely heavily on this. Doctors must get people to change their health-damaging habits, and teachers must get students to spend time on their education. So, no matter what your job is, yes, you are a salesperson. To sell is human lesson two. Honest is the new sleazy, thanks to the internet. This answers the question... What's with the sleazy sales and marketing tactics and do those still work in an internet world? The reason we think of salespeople as sleazy and sales always has a negative connotation to it is that we're still used to the old days, where sales consisted mostly of people abusing the information gap between the buyer and the seller. When you bought a used car in 1990 and didn't know a lot about cars, your dealer could tell you all kinds of good things about it, but leave out plenty of the bad stuff, and you would end up overpaying simply because he knew more than you. He'd be the winner of this transaction. Luckily, that has changed, thanks to the internet. 
At the click of a button you can find all dealers in your surrounding area, including reviews from people who have bought cars there. Compare models online, get all the technical specs, average marketing prices and find out if any dealers were involved in a scandal. In 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, the only way to sell is to be honest and transparent. To sell is no longer to guard information and hand out little pieces. It's a service, helping people to navigate the wealth of information, explain it to them, and getting them to make the best decision, the one that's right for them at the specific time. To sell is human lesson three. Always say yes and to keep your customer optimistic. This answers the question, what is a way you can keep in sales conversations with your customers even when they might not be interested in what you have to sell? One really cool way to stay positive and keep your customers engaged as you're talking to them is to use this tactic from improv theater. Always say yes and instead of no or yes but. I learned this from James Altucher, that's why it struck me again in this book. In improv theater, it's really important to keep the audience in a good mood. They have to stay optimistic at all times and not feel discouraged. Customers during a sales pitch are the same way. If they feel affronted or like you're talking down to them, they surely won't buy from you. But every time you let on you're disagreeing with them, it signals to them that you're claiming you're smarter. So instead of using words like no or but, agree with their ideas and add to them and then improve and improvise how you can further move the conversation along. This way, you will always be able to integrate opposing viewpoints, keep your talk constructive, and have a great conversation atmosphere. This book was really a mega hit with salespeople, partially because it humanized selling. So obviously that's in the title, right? To sell is human. But this was not only popular with normal people or people who you'd think a lot of people read this book that didn't know they needed to sell, but actually a lot of salespeople read it. it might come natural because of the topic, but from the way the lessons read, right, you, it's not directly addressed to salespeople. It's more like, hey, by the way, you are selling too, even if you don't think you're in sales. But the reason salespeople love this is that it it put them in a better light. So, um, it, it shows that what salespeople are doing isn't, isn't necessarily bad or sleazy or this sort of uh, the, the work of, uh, of an outcast, right? It's not, it's not that like, ugh, ugh, sales, right? It humanizes sales. So that is why it was hugely popular with salespeople. Obviously, it helps salespeople do a better job too. But uh, that was a, a, that's a big aspect of this sort of cultural phenomenon that this book became. I just wanted to highlight that. Um, the other part about um, honesty and, and being honest and transparent, the thing is, Seth Godin says this, like in a world where you have access to all the information you would ever want online at the click of a button, who picks average? It's like, well, are you going to pick the sushi restaurant that has like average sushi? No, because you can just Google sushi restaurant and, and put in your location. And you will find tons of reviews of hundreds of sushi restaurants or tens. And you can just pick the one that has the best reviews, right? So nobody picks average. Everybody wants to pick the best thing for them. Now, uh, that's you might say, oh, if I'm not the best, then how am I going to sell anything? But that's not the problem because people, different people have different needs. You just need to be a lot more specific in who you're targeting 
And then just be honest and transparent and try to be the best in your own category. There's another book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. There's uh, one law is called the law of category that even says you can make up your own category, right? So let's say you tried sushi fusion and you combined sushi with Mexican food. I'm just making stuff up, right? And that way you would come up with your own category because you would likely be the only restaurant in the area doing sushi and Mexican food. And it would be really easy to be the best restaurant providing that kind of food especially if you make decent sushi fusion stuff so then people would naturally seek you out and then over time you would become the number one sushi fusion uh, mexican fusion sushi restaurant and uh, that would spread online and so on and so on so there's a positive snowball you can trigger but it's all built on honesty and transparency because online in the world we live, everything is going to come out. So there's no way to really withhold information. In the short run, yes, but in the medium to long run, never, because it always comes out at the end. One other thing I would like to talk to you about, or I'd like to show you actually in the context of the summary, is a cool article by a man named Charles Chu on better humans. Um, if you Google how to sell anything Aristotle, like the philosopher, you will find it. Uh, the title is How to Sell Anything, Aristotle and the Ancient Art of Persuasion. And it's a cool breakdown of how the uh, ancient Greeks looked at selling. And it's really fascinating because they're because it's so old, right? And you, you wouldn't think that these people were, were big on the psychology of sales. But actually, there was uh, a lot going on there. And Aristotle pointed out three main ways that you would persuade somebody. And I wanted to share those with you. They are ethos, pathos, and logos. And these are just uh, Greek words for different things, obviously. Um, and th that's a sequence as well. So EPL, ethos, pathos, logos. That's the sequence in which you should try to convince people. Now, ethos is basically your credibility. It's about tr trust. It's about... Um, convincing someone that you are trustworthy right the word means character so first you have to convince someone that you are trustworthy so you tell a personal story you present your credentials you show that you have connections with others you present interesting facts and statistics that you know that you have done research about this topic uh, and that's the first step because if someone doesn't trust you they will never listen to you no matter what you say the second part is pathos Pathos is about emotion, it's about passion, it's about feeling. So you have to incite people's feelings. If you people people understand facts on a mental uh, on a mental level obviously, but they decide with their gut. They decide based on emotions, right? So you have to incite emotions in people. You have to spark spark them to actually feel something. There can be rage, there can be laughter, that can uh, so so fun. Uh, it can be love, it can be desire, it can be all kinds of combinations of, of emotions. But the important thing is you have to get people in an emotional state because they are not going to hit that uh, buy button based on facts alone. And then logos, as you would probably uh, have guessed at this point, is facts, right? That's the last and least important bit. The facts, the logical arguments that you're making, you should buy this uh, lawnmower because it is faster than any other lawnmower and it uses less fuel. That's usually the first argument people make, but that's a mistake. Like That's the last argument you need to make. What you first have to convey is that you are an expert about lawnmowers and that this lawnmower is going to have the most amazing lawn mowing experience. Uh, it, you're going to be happy and da 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 da. So uh, use logical arguments last. All right, just something I wanted to highlight. Cool article. Uh, 
Ethos, Pathos, Logos. Remember that. And I hope to see you on one of the next summaries.